Welcome to The Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. Today we will be talking about celiac disease. Um, so Andy, let's get the show on the road. What is celiac? Uh, celiac disease is an immune-mediated disease that targets the proximal small bowel. So we're talking about the duodenum. And this immune reaction occurs when the body is exposed to a certain food particle, which is yeah. gluten. Yep, that's right. It's the gluten in wheat or any other... Uh, wheat-based products that you have this reaction to. Yep. So how does it present? I mean, it's important to distinguish between presentations for children versus presentation in an adult. Yep. So how would a child, let's say, present with celiac disease? With all patients that have celiac disease, will have a certain degree of, let's say, diarrhea or yep. like stomach problems. Yep. But in children, mainly, we're looking at that's the period of time when they're meant to grow and thrive. Mm. And if there's destruction in the small bowel, then they're not absorbing as the f- uh, nutrients as well, then they have a growth failure. So That's right. children yeah. mainly present with growth failure. And if it continues into adolescence, you know, they can have you know ongoing chronic anemia, they can have rickets disease, which is a disease of the bones, yep. pre-pubertal delays, or even menstruation problems as well for, okay. for girls as well. So yep. it's important to keep in mind that it's essential f- mm. for growth and development. So in adults, what, what would we be looking at? I think in adults, like the key distinguishing feature is, that, and, and it needs to emphasize that, you can get it. You know, there's been cases of patients aged 60 years 60? developing yeah, new, really? new onset celiac so disease. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Often yeah. you think that it's probably a disease of the young. Yeah. But in terms of adults, the key distinguishing feature is, you know, yeah, you're going to have absorption problems, but steatorrhea. Okay. And also fatty nocturnal. Stools, yeah, yeah. So fatty stools yeah. and nocturnal diarrhea. The point that you need to keep in mind versus children, which is predominantly that growth failure. Okay. You can also have, you know, um, uh, early onset osteoporosis as well in, oh, in adults as well yeah. because it's the same principle. You're not absorbing calcium and nutrients, so you're yep. going to have you you'll be having this deficient malnu- mal- uh, malnutrition state. Are there extra intestinal manifestations as it, well? Absolutely. With celiac disease, one of the main, one of the key things that we could look out for is this thing called dermatitis herpetiformis. What it is is a skin condition that kind of looks like the vesicles that you'd get in herpes. So it's also very itchy, fluid that would um, burst and then it, when you scratch it. And what it essentially is, is that later on we're going to talk about IgA, but with the IgA antibodies, what they will do is they'll deposit in the tips of your um, dermal papillae. And what that does, have a look at the notes, it's going to cause this uh, the top membrane of the skin to detach from the bottom and then that could allow vesicles to swell up and yeah. get so itchy. water or fluid to leak into that yeah. um, area where there shouldn't be any water or fluid. Absolutely. What else? So I think, look, it's important to mention that it's not really clear, but you can have neurological abnormalities. It's not clear whether that's due to nutritional insufficiency or whether it's due to the disease, mm-hmm. but you can have um, myoclonus sort of presentations where the muscles abnormally contract. You yep. can have um, epilepsy, dementia, but again, yep. it's not clear whether it's a disease or it's malnutrition. Yep. You can also have problems with the bone, which we mentioned. Yep. But also, it's interesting because celiac disease can predispose you to some malignancies. So, really? some lymphomas can can develop as okay. a consequence of prolonged celiac disease. Yep. So, it's all the more important for um, for you or you know f- for this disease to be managed. Yeah. And then finally, you can have hypospleenism, which the spleen is important for having macrophages that fight against encapsulated organisms. And if your spleen isn't working properly, then you're susceptible to encapsulated so some infections st- by encapsulated. Is it like strep- 
some I think was true. H influenza is an encapsulated organism, for example. Yeah. Um, so there's that risk of infection <coughs> to bear in mind, and uh, pneumococcus I think is one as one example as well. Yeah. Now, what is the cause, like the gen- genetic underpinning of celiac disease? So I what I remember about it is that it involves the HLA DQ2 and DQ8 region. HLA essentially was the um, is just talking about I think it's like H as so a MHC class one. Yeah. Is, is or it, I think class it's, two. Yeah, class one or class is a generic term for. So we're talking about the um, the region of the gene that encodes these sort of MHC mm. re, um, type molecules. Yeah. And then so there's a mutation in the DQ2 and DQ8 region. It makes the body more susceptible to actually recognizing this byproducts of gluten. Yeah. And then we we should probably go. Yeah, we can talk about more about. And I think as it stands, uh, I think HLA DQ2 accounts for most of the cases. Okay. Yeah. DQ8 accounts for some of the cases. And if you have this um, genotype, it doesn't mean you're going to develop the disease. Okay. It's just a risk factor for the disease. Sure. So it's not a be-all and end-all sort okay. of response. But in terms of what happens, I guess, with the immunopathology, yes. so you have in the body wheat products, gluten being broken down. Yes. What happens then is that gluten is broken down into um, in, into gliden, yep. which is the byproduct, via trans, transglutamase, I believe. So TTG, yeah. Yeah, TTG, which is an enzyme okay. that we'll talk about. What happens is that, that in, in those patients which can recognize TTG bound to gliden, mm-hmm. it can be recognized as a foreign antigen and is presented by, you know, let's say B cells to, uh, or an antigen presenting cell to mm. naive T cells that can also recognize. Um recognize the molecule on an MHC receptor. Yes. Once that recognition occurs and you get naive B, uh, T-cell proliferation, yep. so you get increasing potential for it to be further <coughs> recognized, and then you also have your, uh, sorry, the naive T-cells and activate the B-cells to produce that specific antibody. So you yep. get Ig, uh, IgA production eventually. And then do you want to just tell us what happens with the IgA? Why do you get that immune response? I'm not too familiar with this one. So I think it was just the IgA actually goes to the gut lumen. Yeah. yeah. Is that correct? I think essentially, or sometimes it deposits in the in the skin as well. Okay, yeah. But IgA would be present predominantly in the gut. On the mucus. Yeah, mucus. gut mucus, that's yep. right. Yep. And so what happens is that that then facilitates inflammation of the bowel. It can cause inflammation of the lamina propria as well because that's mm-hmm. where the TT transglutamase is located. Okay, yep. Yep. And so you're going to get CD4 and CD8 infiltration and quite marked inflammatory response, which causes villus atrophy. So villi shrink. Okay. And yep. you get crypt hyperplasia as well so the crypt area gets thickened with cells yep. and so as you can imagine if you lose your villi then your absorptive capacity reduces as well and as a consequence you have this malabsorption okay. um, problem that we, we were talking about earlier Sure. does I, that make sense? It, it does and I think I probably want to emphasize because people have told us as well that you have to make sure you know that with celiac disease it's a T-cell mediated mm. problem rather than an antibody mediated problem because you have to have that naive antibodies are consequences of B-cell, T-cell so, you know, inappropriate activation. But um, the yeah, the point to remember is that so it's the T cells that cause the subsequent problems with the that's antibodies. Right. Yeah, exactly. So how does somebody if if you don't look at the DQ two and DQ eight in a person to diagnose it? How yeah. how do we find out if a person has oh, okay. celiac disease? So there's a couple of 
sort of monograms that you can use for diagnosis. Okay. If you're talking about an adult, okay. the first thing you need to so we need to say that some ad, some people just don't have don't produce IgA, so they could be IgA deficient. Okay, yeah. And there's an association with people that have celiac disease and IgA deficiency. Okay. So the first thing you do before you do anything is to look for IgAs, make sure the person can produce IgAs. Oh, okay. And obviously, because this is an IgA response to transglutamase, then you look for IgA transglutamase in in the blood antibodies in the blood. If they're negative, that doesn't mean that they don't have the disease, right? Okay. Because in some people, they can have endometrial um, IgA, which is... Another type. A, yeah, that targets the TGA in the muscle layer. So then you look for that in an adult. If they're negative, then it's probably likely that they don't have it, particularly okay. in the context of them not having the genetic risk factors. Yeah. If at all they're positive, you need to confirm your diagnosis by a biopsy because the outcomes of you know being labeled gluten intolerant is significant. There's lots of lifestyle implications to keep in mind. Okay. Do you want to just mention what happens with you know patients who, who don't have IgA in their ser- in the uh, adults that don't have IgA in their serum? What is sort of the fluid diagram that you really have to have to think about in terms of diagnosing them? So I think you mentioned before. So you first look at whether the serum IgA is is available mm. or not, and then if it's undetectable, you would think that whether if this person is a celiac. A person has celiac disease, but also has IgA deficiency. Mm, and then right. so, in, on the other hand, you'll start looking into whether if they've got the IgG. So yeah. if you don't look for IgA, you look for IgG. And then so if that's positive, then you go, aha, so this person does possibly have an IgG targeting the TTG. Sorry, this is a bit of a mouthful, but you'll get the picture. Um, and then you'll look at that and then go, okay, now, as Hamid mentioned before, we'll look into uh, doing a small bowel biopsy as a secondary confirmation. On the other hand, let's say if the IgG was also negative, you go, okay, this person is pointing to, away from celiac disease. But just to be sure, we'll look at the HLA. Especially if they've got symptoms suggesting that they have celiac that's disease. That's true. Yeah. So now you look at the HLA, and if that's positive, then you go, aha, okay, so they don't have the IgG, a and IgG, but at least they do have HLA mutations, so we do a sperm biopsy. If that's still negative, then the likelihood of celiac disease will be quite unlikely. Yeah, that's right. So the whole point is if they don't have IgG, so IgA, you do an IgG analysis with transglutamase antibodies. Okay. If it's positive, you suspect that maybe they've got some sort of you know, they might have celiac disease, mm-hmm. so then you would perform a biopsy. If they don't, you still do genotyping. Yep. So look for DQ8 or DQ2, and then if they don't have it, then you can say, hey, it's probably something else that's causing their symptoms. Let's go down a different diagnostic pathway. Yep. What about kids, though? Because often you get this, you, you, you know, it can present in childhood. What's the general diagnostic approach for children under two, for example? I thought generally overall, overall the principle was quite similar, right? Yeah. So with the, you start initially looking for the IgA um, for TTG, or the endomesial EMA. And then if that's positive, then you confirm with a small bowel biopsy. But if it's negative, then you look for, instead of looking for the TTG or EMA, you actually this time target the gliadin. I yeah. Believe. And then... Or even look for IG, IgG um, transglutamase oh, antibodies right. as well. That's yeah. true. Because remember, some kids may not produce Ig um, IgA. So mm-hmm. you look for the IgG alternative. And then what happens if they're negative? Do you then say, hey, these kids don't have the disease given the consequences of malnutrition? or Without jumping the gun, there we will have to probably check again for the um, HLA DQ2 or yeah. 8 and then uh, if that's still negative then we can uh, say with a bit more conviction that the person oddly yeah. don't have it uh, yeah. celiac no, that's great. And that's exactly what happens is that, yeah, you don't suddenly jump the gun because, you know, these can, these, this diagnosis can have severe implications, especially in children. So you want to rule out 
the antibodies. Yep. And if you're still suspicious, obviously you have to run your genotyping before you can more confidently say that they don't have disease. That's pretty much celiac disease, Andy. I think yep. we don't, I mean, that's in terms of treatment, pretty simple, no gluten in your, in your diet. And yep. now there's as much more Avail- options available for, for people with gluten intolerance. Yep. So just to sum up, in terms of presentation in children, yep. you can get predominantly growth failure and failure to thrive. In yep. adults, you have this sort of diarrhea mm-hmm. where the diarrhea is unique. You can have nocturnal diarrhea <coughs> and steatorrhea. Yep. Can you just remind me what the skin manifestations were? So it was the dermatitis herpetiformis that appears like herpes. Yep. Um, it's itchy and it's uh, viscous blisters. Yep. Yeah. And then you can obviously have um, hypospelinism, which predisposes you to have an increased risk of um, uh, infections by a capsulated organisms. You potentially have bone problems. Yeah. Malignancy is something that you need to keep in the back of your mind. So you need to emphasize adequate control and treatment. Genetic risk factor is what? DQ2 and DQ8 on the HLA gene. Exactly. Yep. It's a response to the gluten component once it's you know metabolized by transglutamase in the lamina propria. Into glu- uh, gliadin, yep. That's right. And then uh, you have a autoimmune response by um, B cells and T cells. Yep. And then it's predominantly IgA-mediated. But in some people, they don't have IgA. I think it's more like antigen-presenting cells and T-cells. Yeah, exactly. Antigen-presenting cells. Mm -hmm. And you diagnose by looking at antibodies. Mm -hmm. And if you're IgA-negative, you look at IgG. If they're IgG-negative, still, if you're suspicious, you do genotyping as well. And the treatment is just gluten-free diet. Stay away from gluten. That's right. Thanks, guys. That's it for um, for celiac disease. If you have any questions or comments, just let us know. And obviously, visit the, the, the website for notes as well. Thanks for joining us.